Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler, we've got Dave the Ultimate Fan here with us, as we do every week, our producer Joe may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod, we've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. And his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Comedy Cast, and it's Dave versus AJ, a debate we've done on the Working Fans Podcast for a long time. Today, we're going to try a little something different. We're going to debate two of our favorite comedians. For me, it's Eddie Murphy, guy I grew up watching, loved his work, and appreciate it. And for AJ, guy, some of you might not be as familiar with. <laughs> He's a bit of a throwback. My dad loved him. I wanted to sway your votes here. But AJ's got a couple a lot of good points why you would like him, I believe. Don Rickles. AJ, you go first, because I think there's a lot to talk about here. Well, it's going to be interesting, because you're talking about a long career that started in the 1950s and lasted all the way to 2016, compared to a shorter stint where somebody did become a huge movie star also in Eddie Mm -hmm. Murphy. I have the utmost respect for both of them. I think our audience, however, is not going to be as up-to-date or as much knowledge. Hopefully, this is something that will lead them to go and check out Don Rickles. Don Rickles is one of your original insult insult comics. He goes out there and it's not him telling jokes per se, where he's telling stories. Eddie Murphy's more of a classic comic where he comes out and tells stories. There's punchlines, there's points to where he's going. Don Rickles comes out and does what as comedians we call crowd work, where he's literally looking for who he sees. <clears throat> and now with some comedians, this will, and he I'm sure he did this too, there will be plants in the audience where you no different than a wrestling <clears throat> event. You want to plant people in the audience so that you can start, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and that starts the rhythm going. And then you then you go from there to the rest of the audience. And it makes it easier to um, find a rhythm. Yeah, good on him for doing that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And it's super challenging to do that, too, that aspect of comedy. Because obviously, it is, you don't know. It's the X factor. You don't know what you're going to run into with that crowd. Yeah, well, I respect that. And, I, and that's not to say that other people may not be able to do that, but he obviously Rickles was from a different time period. And, you know, there now, are, my dad always used to call him a great insult comic. My dad was a Don Rickles fan. I'm not saying that even in this case to make light. It's something I was always, I heard. I want to ask, though, well, are I'm there a, other insult comedians from that era? 
Well, th- there were. There was much more calming in that area because you had more club comedians. Okay. So you got to remember, he started in the 1950s when TV was just starting. So you didn't have the outlets that you have now. Now, that being said, he's got stuff in common with Eddie Murphy. He was on shows like the Dick Van Dyke shelf. He had his own TV shows. Mm-hmm. He was in movies like Clint Eastwood movies and stuff like that. So he had similar things to Eddie Murphy in the yeah. sense that he had similar vehicles. But the difference is, is you didn't have like when Eddie Murphy was starting, you had HBO with spotlight comedians. Mm-hmm. In order to be a spotlight as a comedian back then, you had to go on Ed Sullivan, Milton Berle. Where he became famous, believe it or not, was Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson always took credit for discovering Don Rickles because he would always bring him on to his late night show. And he would insult Johnny, insult the crowd, insult whoever was there. And then he became even bigger insulting people on the Dean Martin celebrity roasts. He would come on and... Made for good television. Exactly. And he would insult all of your favorite people, people like Jimmy Stewart, people like Frank Sinatra, Dean himself, all the stars from that day. And then he also traveled with the Rat Pack, which I'm sure, I don't know if the audience is going to be too familiar with the Rat Pack, but Dino, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Davis Jr. Jr. Similar to Eddie Murphy, he would say things that were not politically correct. He would joke about the things that you wouldn't normally joke around with people. And I don't know. I'm glad you touched on that. today. I, right. I, I, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Like I was going to say, for people who think, oh, Murphy was more of like, you know, making fun of like races and stuff like that, his comedy, <laughs> you haven't watched Don Rickles. Like Don made fun of your race, your religion. It was a different time period. And, and it was and a white that, dude doing it too, folks. Well, <laughs> well now, now that being said, he was like a lot of the comics that were in that time period, He had he's Jewish. So he yeah. had a little bit of a different background growing up, obviously sure. seeing the anti-Semitism, stuff like that. And his way of dealing with stuff was by doing comedy to point out to people how absurd it was. Mm-hmm. So he would literally just call somebody like he would be talking to a white guy in the middle. Like, Listen, you wop cracker. or something like that. <laughs> cracker, whatever the popular time period, the time period slang was. And he would pick on anybody for that. And he, But the thing is, he was fair. He picked on everyone. If you're going to be an insult comic, you cannot only pick on one race. That makes you a racist. Right. (laughs) You have to literally pick on everyone. (laughs) Right. And and some of the greats have learned. Dave Chappelle does that too, I think, with his show and stuff too. And even actually Murphy does that in some of his acts too. You'll see him make some of the black. Well, the funny thing is if you talk to a lot of the comics who are popular today, a lot of them have worked with Don Rickles because he lasted he did he passed away in 2017. Mm -hmm. And he performed right up until the end. He would be at Foxwoods regularly. He would be at and he worked with a lot of today's comedians, would open up for them, would learn from them. And a lot of them list him as one of the people that they learned to do crowd work from. Yeah. What a wealth of knowledge that must be, too. I'll say this, because you're very well read on this. And I know you've read books about Don Rickles, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I met Don Rickles at Foxwoods. Oh, you did? <laughs> it, I, I, only, I only had a two-second meeting with him. Mm-hmm. It, it was in an elevator. We're going from the high roller lounge down to the bottom floor. And I'm in the elevator and I'm with a manager who I was working with. I was bartending at the time. I'm with the manager that I was working with that night. And he was a big guy, maybe about 6'3", bald head, pretty ugly dude. (laughs) And well, I have to say that because if I don't say that, this story is not going to make sense. Okay. Don Rickles, who's maybe about 5'6", 5'7", is there and he's there with the security person who's walking with him. And he looks at me, looks at the other guy, looks back at me and goes, ugh. Yeah, literally just gives me a look. He goes, ugh. 
Like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, so even off stage, he's still making it lighter, more. Yeah. And, and this was 2008, so he had to be like 70-something years old already. All right. So funny little. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not really much of a debate. I think we're just going to have a little fun with this. Obviously, they're two from different time periods. I'll tell you about some of my fandom with Eddie Murphy. Please. I talked about this in a maybe a previous episode, maybe it was off the record, I don't remember, but one of the things I loved about Murphy was the content that he was talking about as a child, I probably didn't get all of this. And yes, I was listening to Murphy as a child, folks. <laughs> However, because he, we, we was so, because he was so good with his timing, his facials, the impressions, he could still communicate and you, you, got, you got it. It was funny, you know? It was funnier when you watch it years later. And that was one of the great things, even though politically correctness it doesn't probably hold up humor wise it still holds up to me i mean the first one i, I the second bit i ever saw was raw well that was the first that was the first i saw but that was actually his second act so it was years before i saw delirious which is his first one and to give you an idea i mean we'll put murphy over here a little bit too the only thing you need to know is he took a word like goonie google something he just made up and it becomes hilarious he tells this whole story about I want to say his dad talking to, you know, one of the his brothers who brought over, like, you know, his wife, and she was a big, hairy bitch, and she would fall down and wreck his stairs, and he came to the conclusion when he was drunk that she was a Bigfoot because she would say, Goonie Google, and he was like, this is not possible. You brought a Bigfoot in my home. He's like, don't bring a Bigfoot in my home. She's not trained well. She can't walk a flight of stairs. She'll climb the fuck out of a tree, I bet, which you would never again. A lot of this stuff is just so outrageous, and the timing is so... It, it's a different world then, folks. And I mean, but again, his facials, his impressions, they're so good. And I think a lot of this stuff still holds up today. Okay, so I'm going to tell you where I first saw him, because I did not first see his stand-up. That was not what I saw first. Oh. What, right. what I saw first was the Saturday Night Live. Yes. And his, the social commentaries that he did. He did, and they were funny, don't get me wrong, but yeah. there was social commentary behind them. Like he did Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Yes. Which showed us the difference between, what is it, Mr. Roberts? Or what's the Mr. Rogers. One? Rogers, there you go. Sorry, I yeah. never watched that crap. <laughs> so, Shit has some people's childhoods here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck people's childhood. <laughs> so Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, it showed us the difference between what those little white kids were going through in that neighborhood mm -hmm. and what it was like in where Eddie Murphy might have grown up in the ghetto or something of that nature. Yeah. And showing a tenement building and the difference. And those are just some of my favorite skits because he's like, all right, today we got to be really quiet because <laughs> the landlord does not need to know that we are here. Right. <laughs> and, is, and, yeah. and he climbs in through the window rather than using the front door to avoid the uh, uh, he comes up through the fire escape. Then he does stuff like Gumby. Mm -hmm. He does. You talk about the Rick James impersonation that Dave Chappelle does right. later on. That's all got to come off the original an impersonation of the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. Oh, James Brown. And, uh, and getting in the hot tub. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, no. Too hot. Too hot. <laughs> and, uh, and then he did Buckwheat Sings the Hits. Oh, yeah. Looking, uh, looking for love. Yeah, looking <laughs> yeah. for love in autumn. So he, he did social commentary to show us through humor how absurd some of the stereotypes were, the differences in living environments, and he continued to do it in his comedy when he did Delirious, when he did Raw, and I think that that's what made Eddie Murphy. And everybody in that time period, our parents always were like, 
oh, I don't like him. All he does is cuss. <laughs> well, 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 that wasn't all he did. Right. He, he, he was trying to show us the absurdity. No different than like Carol O'Connor in the, bunk, in the, in the mm -hmm. Archie Bunker with all in the family. Somebody has to show the absurdity of some of the stereotypes. First interview I did on here with a comedian, Nathan Wallace, and we came to the conclusion too. It was interesting. Yes, being a clean comedian can be difficult, but also being a dirty comedian prevents different challenges because everybody swears. So if you're going to swear in your act, you need to be particularly good. You need to have a particularly good act to stand out because everybody's already swearing. So that's not a hook. You know what I mean? You can go anywhere and see people swear. So to be really, truly that, you know, it's another it's a different art, basically. Yes, being a clean comedian is very hard. What Bill Cosby did. And I'm not talking about Bill Cosby, the rapist. I, <laughs> I don't know that guy. But the comedian, Bill Cosby, what he did was super challenging. But it's equally hard to do what Pryor, Carlin, and Murphy, and some of those guys did too, because they had to be even better. They had to be on their game because a lot of people were trying to do this. I think that what you talked about there is very important. By the time Eddie Murphy came out, there was a lot more comics that were swearing in their acts. It wasn't like the 1960s where you could actually get arrested for swearing in your act and mm. that it was considered extremely taboo to actually do that. Did Red Fox um, get arrested one time Red, for that? Red Fox got arrested for it. He wasn't the only one. One of the things that one of the people that was most famous originally for doing it was Why Am I Going Blank on his name. He ended up dying young, too. I'm supposed to be on a tribute show for him coming up. Oh, and I'm, smoked the cigarettes and stuff like that, too, right? Yes, uh, and I'm going freaking blank, and I hate that I'm going blank on it. Well, Guys. why don't you look that up real quick? Comedians yeah, who smoke cigarettes. But, but but it doesn't matter. My point is is that by the time Eddie Murphy actually came around, yeah. it was commonplace with Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Sure. Had, George Carlin had already done the seven words that you can't say. Right. Uh, right. Everybody knows it. And being a, a comic when you swear, it's got to mean something. Right. If you just come out there and every other word is F this, F that, cuss, 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 that's not funny. But when mm -hmm. you punctuate your story with well-placed curses, sure. it, it can actually accent what you're doing. And he makes fun of that in his bit in Raw, where he talked about that people from other countries would come in and not understand and only pick up the swear words. So they would go up to him and be like, Eddie Murphy, suck my dick. And you know, essentially, he's making fun of himself and he's making fun of the act that some people didn't quite get that there was like jokes in this. Like he couldn't just go out and be like, fuck you, suck my dick. And that was an act. Yeah, and, and that was the interpretation that some people had. And even Bill Cosby, he talked about what a hypocrite Bill Cosby was early in his comedy. Yes. And how Bill Cosby called him up and cussed him out because yeah. of him doing the, all the swearing they did and the swearings and stuff like that. And then Richard Pryor, of course, gave him the advice. Are you making money? Are you yeah. doing well? Then you tell you tell, so you tell Bill suck my dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Me, that's one of the funny things about comedy is that there will always be people... Lenny Bruce is the name. Lenny Bruce. Um, okay. Sorry. There will always be people who think that they're experts and need to go out there. And I want to be clear with people when we do this podcast, this is all about our opinions. This is how we yeah, feel about people. Yeah. We're having fun with this. By no means are we saying, oh, we're experts. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. Mm. It's all interpretation. Comedy is no different than art. It makes you feel how it feels. Dave and I can listen to the same comedian it doesn't mean that we're both going to laugh our asses off. One of my favorite comedians is Stephen Wright. 
-hmm. not everybody gets Stephen Wright because he's so stoic and straight and not everybody gets the comedy. And that's to me, that's like the pinpoint that I can show when it comes to opinion and how comedy can make you feel. Cause I've seen people who watch him and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's great. Actually, I went with you to see Stephen Wright. Actually, yeah, to, yeah. To me, uh, he's like doing joke grenades. He's pulling the pin, and then eventually it hits you, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's yeah. what he meant." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, you talked about SNL before. Pryor was on SNL before Murphy. He did a lot of stuff on there too. And Carlin like the, Pryor, yeah. And the time period. It, it, so you're following like all these legendary comedians too. So it was a. You know, you had to be great to be on SNL at that time. Not to well, say you don't now. But. Well, yeah, but especially in that time period. In that there, time period, yeah. It, it, is, it is so different now compared to then. And, and I hate to sound like an old timer. It was like, in my day, it was this much better. <laughs> but, but that's not even our day. No. That's before, uh, that, that's before <laughs> our day. Mm -hmm. and, and George Carlin would do the hippy-dippy weatherman yes. where he would come out and basically make fun of meteorologists talking about how Oh, it's going to be hot today, cold tomorrow. Oh, December's coming up. I think there might be a cold front coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Well, folks, you hear the dogs in the background. I think that's our cue. So we're not going to pick a winner on this. This isn't what this is about. We're just talking about some of our favorite comedians. And hey, get out there. Listen to some Don Rickles. Listen to some Eddie Murphy. They're both completely different style comedians. Is why we didn't even take a vote for this. Completely different time periods. But they both were really good at their craft. Anything guys, you want to add? Yeah, at the end of the day, guys, the most important thing right now, especially with everything going on in the world, is to be able to share and enjoy a little laughter together. And that's why we do what we do, is to just kind of bring comedy to the masses. So please, get out there. Go check out Don Rickles. Check out Eddie Murphy. Check out all these comedians that maybe you haven't heard before. And support your local comedy, too. When it's safe to go to the clubs, get out there and check out some of your local guys. Absolutely. All right. Working Fans Podcast, Comedy Cast. We're out. Ladies and gentlemen, masters of the game.
challenge it every single day We can hang on to the past or we can live for today Live in the moment, take the bull by the horn Take the world by storm, life's about to transform We never look back, cause yesterday's gone How you seeing me today? That was me all along Fully loaded vision with a pen and a page A mastermind poetic brilliance on display Empty dreams were always in my way Remove the waste, it's time to press play It's a time for thinking, a time for action Make the distinction, the start gaining traction Believe in yourself and release the past Realize your potential and keep the drama last Step up to life, get in tune with the track Take the first step forward and never look back This is how the story goes Back in this life nobody ever let you know So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 